The book is Growing Up with the Trinity, an Englishman, um, Bobby Charlton, a Scotsman, Dennis Law, and an Irishman, George Best, walk onto a football pitch. Now, we'll talk about Best now in this second half, Brendan Maguire, but I must give you your football library membership card, and uh, you will find Roy Keane at the door. Uh, he'll let you in. Your name's on the door. You can come in. Did you watch? You must have watched Roy Keane play football. Absolutely. I, I, rem- I remember seeing Roy. I remember seeing Roy Keane the, the game before he signed for Manchester United. I, I had a ticket that day, and I, uh, for Liverpool were playing Nottingham Forest, and I think it was. I think it was his last game for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, they were about so, to go down. Um, Clough's last game. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe the running that he was doing. I couldn't the box to box running. Just, just a phenomenal amount of. Uh, and he, he, again, he just, just. Box to box and just just dominating midfield and uh, what, what, what a fabulous signing he uh, he turned out to be for Manchester United. Yeah, people Absolutely. always go on and on and on about Cantona, but Keane and and Schmeichel as well, and bringing through the kids. But I don't. We're coming up to thirty years since that first Premier League win. I'm sure there'll be lots wow. of literature on that because that's history wow. now. Uh, Roy Keane yeah, yeah. was part of the double winning team, of course. He replaced. Um, yeah. Who would it? Oh, Bobby uh, Brian Robson. You replaced Brian Robson. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, just a, a, again, a, a, you know, a tremendous, uh, tremendously skillful player as well. I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, talk about his running ability and then his tackling and his leadership and so on. But but a, you know, a tremendously talented player, all round player, a fabulous midfield player, mm-hmm. and uh, so much, so much a part of Manchester United's success. I, I enjoyed watching Nicky Butt, not just because we share a birthday, but Gorton, yeah. the hard nut, Nicky Butt from Gorton. Yeah. And he's involved in the club, doing really well. He, I think he works alongside Tony, doesn't he? Yes, he does, yeah. Not a bad I, word I to say about uh, Nicky. No, absolutely. Again, another another very, very talented uh, Manchester United midfield player, Nicky Butt. And uh, local, local lad and uh, for local boys, I, I think they they understand, you know... It, not just local boys now, of course. I mean, if you go back to the if you go back to the to the '68 team, and you know that four four local boys in there is it several homegrown players. But I mean, if, if you're coming from Manchester and you you make the grade at Manchester United, like Marcus Marcus Rashford, like uh, Mason Greenwood, you know it, it means a lot. It means a lot for sure that uh, the fans like that. The fans love to see. A local boy, main good. And I think the fans will appreciate mufclegacy.com. One of the people you thank in your book is the Association of Former Manchester United Players. Do you know they hold annual dinners on the 31st of December? Is that because it doubles as Alex Ferguson's birthday party? I'm not so sure about that. I wouldn't know that one. But uh, no, they do have a fantastic old boys association, and uh, I, th- I think, as, as Tony says, that, you know, even even when there's, you know, there are lean lean periods, and then they're not winning things like like they used to. You know, he makes this statement that the, the train's still moving in the right direction. You know, what Manchester United are about, I think, and 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 the accent on youth and local boys going into the team. And you know, so long as so long as that's happening, I think that's you know that that's what Manchester United fans want to see. And 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 he also makes a point that you know so many old players and and, and players who maybe didn't make the first team or whatever they are involved with the the old boys association. It, it's a fantastic organisation. Again, another nice part in the book where David Sadler talks about he went down to uh, Aston Villa to to, uh, to watch a replay of. Uh, of a, of a game uh, involving the, the Busby Babes, and uh, I think it was the uh, it was a '58 Cup final. 
yeah. yes, the the um, the Roy Wood being bundled I think, game. I think, sorry, how was it? Fifty seven Cup final, uh, and he this this he had this this video of Duncan Edwards playing, and he and he, he says, David Sadler says it was like watching a, a man playing in a boys' game. You had everybody running around, and you had this huge figure of Duncan Edwards. Yeah. Uh, and and again, what a what a you know Bobby Charlton makes the comment that the greatest of them all was Duncan Edwards. Wolf McGuinness, I mean, Wolf McGuinness, you know, player, coach, manager, what a colossal figure in Manchester United history. And even he says the greatest of them all was, was Duncan Edwards. Yeah, the Old Boys Association, I think, is, is very, very special to Manchester United. And the Football Library is full of Manchester United books because they sell, but also it's storied. Taylor's oldest time, Newton Heath, Billy Meredith, Matt Busby. Yeah. Uh, Wayne yeah, Barton yeah. has now written 17 books, including yeah. working yeah. on the biography of the De Silva twins. I'm not going to ask you about yeah. that so much. Yeah. But, um, no, but what, what a, again, another, another pitch publication. And what a... What a what a you know fantastic. Uh, he, he does Beckham and then and then he does uh, George Best, George Best, true genius, and and then he, he does the De Silva twins. You know, it's just it's I a think it's really really it's great. It's just <laughs> great and uh, Sunshine Kids. I, I think I think that will that will do really well. And uh, again, it, that just appeals to people. And, and he he is. I mean, he is sort of. Not single-handedly, because there are people like Ian McCartney who've done a lot of books and superb works by Paddy Barker and so on. Yep. But I think he is just providing a sort of chronology of of United's periods. That, that if you're interested in the history of the club, I think it's just just fantastic. And uh, he's just has so many books out there now. And uh, I, I've still got to catch up with a couple of his. But uh, you know, it, it does, I think the last one I read was Kesara Sarah, the, the Sexton Sexton Atkinson era. Mm. Uh, yeah, pheno- phenomenal work, uh, Wayne Barton, for sure. Yeah, I recommend Fergie's Fledglings, which uh, takes yeah, you from yeah, the yeah. 80s and 90s, and players who, like John Curtis. Yeah. He will feature in my book, which will be called From Kids to Champions, um, which yeah. will come out in yeah. the uh, middle of next year, probably. I think the yeah. thing about those three players, Tony Whelan says in the conclusion of your book, is that they are intergenerational. They have qualities that cross generations. They have human qualities that endure and abide. It's what they gave to a public audience at that time, a Manchester public and also an international public. The fact that all three were different and had different gifts is wonderful. You can take a little bit of each one and sprinkle it on everybody. The self-expression is the thing about them I would want to give to young players. The way they express their personalities through their football. George yeah. Best. I, I, I mean, I, I can remember George Best's debut. I can, I can remember the, you know, I can remember the actual game and, and climbing up onto the step by the Stratford end, and uh, we got there a few minutes late, and, and the, the, you know, the crowd are just ooing and eyeing, and he, and he was just running rings around the, the fullback, and uh, I can still remember the noise uh, that the crowd made at, at George Best's debut. George Best was was just sensational, and, and you know why. <sighs> I find it hard that the, the, the dribbling has just sort of gone out of the modern game, and I understand, you know, I understand, you know, why why that happens, you know, and and you know what's happening in the game and and uh, the different uh, phases of, of play and so on and so forth. But but you know, it, it's lovely to see dribbling. It's lovely to see a player go past somebody, and I think this is why people like to see Grealish 
uh, and it gets players on the edge of the seat and, and you know, I don't think you're ever going to get those days back the George Best dribbles and go past three, four players in the way that he did. But he, George Best was just just incredible, just absolutely incredible. And, and I, you know, I go on about him to friends and uh, try to explain, you know, what he was like and, and how good he was to to watch. But uh, but he was quick as well. I mean, you know, it wasn't just an amazing run. He went past players quickly. He finished, he could head, he could shoot, he could tackle. George Best was just a, a complete player, a genius. I, I, there's no other way around it. George Best was a genius. And, uh, and and I think people should just remember George Best for his football. You know, you know, I, I make the comparison in the book to, to Mozart. You know, Mozart was, was flogged around Europe, touted around Europe by his father. Every European city, travelling, you know, weeks and months on end. But people don't remember that. You know, pe- people remember he was he was a, Mozart was a genius and remember his music. And I think that's what people should remember about George Best. Just just remember the football because the football he gave us was was just breathtaking. And there was a nice uh, a nice post on Twitter yesterday, and somebody just posted a picture of George making his way down the, down the wing and the. The, the, the crowd is behind, you know, is behind him, and the, nobody's got a mobile phone. Everyone's just lost in the moment, and it's just just a different year. It was a pure, a pure watching experience, watching George Best, but just an absolute genius, fantastic, and, fantastic player. And Manchester United was so lucky to have him in his prime, and along with um, Lauren Charlton, George Best helped Manchester United win the first division in 1967. And in 1968, when Manchester City won the first division, no one remembers that because everyone remembers the <laughs> game against Benfica, 4-1 after extra time. Brian uh, Kidd was in that game as well. Brian Kidd has stepped uh, back from yeah. Manchester City. Does that mean he'll be more welcome at the Manchester United functions? I think I think he's always welcome, Good. Brian Kidd. I yeah, mean, it, again, yeah. And again, you know, quietly just has got, has got on with his career. But what, what a fantastic career he's had in the, the years. I think, I think he's actually older than me. I think he's probably late, late 60s now. And uh, what a fantastic career he's had and, uh, but yeah, George in that in that European Cup final was. You watch the clips of that game, and you think you think how can he do that? And you look at the you look at the defenders who he's up against, and he's up against world class defenders, and he's just turning them inside out. Uh, and and the goal, of course, where he just sends a keeper the wrong way, you know, bang bang bang, it's in the back back of the net, just absolutely phenomenal. He was he was phenom- absolutely phenomenal that night. Uh, Johnny Astor was 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 brilliant. But probably for me, I always think George was George was man of the match and uh, one of his great great European performances. Uh, and there were, and there were several. I mean, there were several uh, Benfica away, just several fun, unbelievable mm. performances. I remember Absolute seeing genius. a film about Paul Gascoigne, and I went to the screen because Paul Gascoigne was there. Henry Winter and Stuart Pearce were there, just kind of prodding him along. And it was such oh. a shame. He was talking about the phone hacking, but. The genius of Gascoigne and the genius yeah, yeah, yeah. of Best, I think, yeah. match one another. And I remember seeing George Best as a Soccer Saturday pundit and he was yeah. jaundiced and bearded and it was it was great to see him working and within friends. But yeah. at the same time, yeah. Dennis Law and not Bobby it. Charlton had not yeah. fallen for the prey to the addictions that George had. No, um, no. But yeah, we, and this keeps happening with Gascoigne. Uh, Gascoigne is only fifty odd. You forget that he's. I think he and Alan Shearer would be in the yeah. same school year. Or, um, yeah. But as for celebrity now, Jack Grealish has moved to Man City. If the coin had landed on 
the other side, you would be cheering for Grealish, not Rashford, this season. Uh, was it heads for United, tails for City? <laughs> I, I think Grealish would have been a Grealish would have been a super uh, Manchester United buy, but but I, I you know I think he I think he he just will fit seamlessly into Pep's plans and uh, you know yeah, I, I mean if you you United fan you've got to sort of uh, you know play along and and you, you're happy when City lose and if you're a City fan you, you're happy when United lose and so on but but you know sort of behind us there's a, there's a it's I think it's fantastic to see Manchester City and United doing well I mean, yeah, yeah. you know last, last season one and two and I love it and I love what Pep Guardiola has done there and uh, I think Grealish will be sensational at Manchester United at, sorry, yeah Manchester there we go City, same but, difference really. but I'm equally excited by Sancho coming now and, and, and you know the accent on youth there and, and Oli you know understands that I think Fully, and uh, I think it's very, very both both clubs very, very exciting where we are, and, and fantastic to see the new season back. Mm-hmm. And, and Leeds visiting tomorrow at Old Trafford again, fantastic old fixture. Yes, the first time that Leeds fans have been back at Old Trafford was it since the Jermaine Beckford game in the FA Cup? Was that the was that at Old Trafford? Uh, I, I think it was, but I. I I'd have to check that one. It's uh, actually I will I will check that just because uh, well the papers will be full of it tomorrow uh, at Old Trafford in 2010 when Leeds knocked United out of the FA Cup. I was in Scotland at the time. I was doing finals, final year stuff, writing a thesis. Um, but yes, the first time, and it is live on BT Sport. Um, will you be watching or will you be at the game? Do, do you know what? I've got uh, one of my old students uh, has got married and, and has had a baby and, and it's a christening this weekend and I'll be, I'll be travelling up to, to Richmond in North Yorkshire. It's, Rishi uh, Sunak's constituency, but that's by the by. Is it? Is it? Yes. Is it? Yeah. Uh, so I shall be travelling up there tomorrow, uh, so I shall miss the game, but uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to catching up with a couple of past students uh, and again it's that it's that pastoral care thing it's nice when you know it's nice when that happens and uh, and it's nice when it happens in, in football clubs as well I think and I think I think Manchester United have done very very well in that area and especially with the Ravel Morrison they tried and tried and tried with him and hopefully Wayne is going to get the best out of him at Derby and maybe they'll buy him back uh, I just wanted to briefly talk about your dad whom you call a character's oh. character who oh. emigrated oh. from Ireland uh, having been swept up in the Easter Rising to Liverpool, then went to the Midlands and was in Coventry during the Second World War. That must have been very unfun. Uh, and then Manchester, where they had you. Uh, this is your mum, Sheila, and your dad, Eddie. I don't want to ask it, but how is your mum? You know, uh, my, my mum passed away uh, in, in December 2019, uh, six months after the book came out. Uh, so she did see the publication, but uh, she was 89, so didn't quite make 90, but was, yeah, she, she took me to the games. My, my dad wasn't into football uh, at all, and, and my mum took me to the games, and we, we, we weren't well off. We, we sort of came from a working-class North Manchester family. But when I look back now, you know, I just have such immense respect for her as a, as a you know, a, a strong, feisty northern woman you know just to get to those games you know it's the other side of town we have to get you know get buses into town get a bus out of town it was all money that wasn't her scene she she was uh you know she was a, a librarian she was into books she was musical uh that wasn't her scene at all and, and i'm just in awe that she you know that she that she did that and 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 
and got me to those places and, and to see those games. But but you know what? She loved it. I mean, she, she just came in. She came in as Dennis Law was taking off in the early 60s and, 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 and Bobby Charlton, you know, Dennis, European Player of the Year in 64, Bobby in 66, George in 68. We just came in in that period and and you sort of think it was normal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it isn't normal to see three Ballon d'Or winners in the, in the, in the same team. And uh, But I am just in awe of my mother in uh, in, in coping with uh, what she had to cope with in terms of money and so forth and uh yeah just i was just just in awe of her uh but uh she she had a led a very full life and uh and tony wheeling came to the funeral and and she would have loved that to have had a you know a manchester united player there with his blazer on at the funeral she just became a massive manchester united fan and, and took me to the european 68 cup final and i guess that's why my story is a little bit different. Is it? It's not a dad lad story. As yeah, I know, I love Duncan Hamilton's book, uh, Football Who Could Fly. He had quite a distant relationship with his father. He says, "Without football, we were we were strangers under the same roof. With it, we were father and son." His book was a little bit of a, a launch pad for my book in that it made me reflect on my family life and career onwards. And, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't father and son for me. It was my mother who took me to the games until I was old enough to go by myself. And I'm, I'm ever grateful to her for that, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. No, uh, I'm grateful to her too. Yeah, dad, means you got this book out. Sorry, yeah, a fabulous, inspirational woman. And uh, but I, I had a great childhood. I mean, you know, my dad was my dad was a, an Irish plasterer uh, who, who liked to drink. He was a character. You know, my mother was was a an academic musical librarian, but did two or three other jobs uh, and, and wrote for newspapers and articles and, and won competitions to make ends meet and a very, you know, sort of chalk and cheese relationship. But, uh, you know, it, it was a fabulously colourful North Manchester upbringing and uh, I, I wouldn't have swapped it for the world. I, I, you know, I was very, I had, a, I had a great childhood. I had a great childhood, a great colourful childhood. One of my favourite cities in England, Manchester, because it's... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's got, actually, um, one of my heroes, Mark Radcliffe, has that big Boltonian twang, so he introduced me to yeah. a lot of Mancunian music from when he yeah. was the the DJ and he was producer for yeah, John yeah. Peel for a while. But you, you say yeah. that Manchester and its people love pride and defiance and there's certainly a lot of it and um it all boils down with the uh life of harvey elliott whom you talk about not that one uh harvey elliott the window cleaner and the united fan yeah dear old dear old harvey yeah harvey was harvey played a game for whole city and the uh 40s or 50s i think it was uh and he, and he became a window cleaner he was just a, a, a football fanatic and uh again my dad my dad wasn't into football and, and there were one or two problems in the house uh, uh, with drink. Figures like Harvey uh, were just immensely powerful role models. Uh, you know, he, he he filled that gap because my, my dad wasn't into football and he just filled that gap in my life. And uh, and round the corner, Tommy Walker, who played for Newcastle in the two of the cup finals in the 50s, and Tommy Walker then got transferred to Oldham Athletic and he ran the news agents back in the day when players, you know, just... Uh, had to make ends meet, and, and, and he ran a, a news agent. Tommy was a, a, a lovely, generous uh, man, uh, and again, an, another big, big football man uh, I was immensely grateful for. And they were just fabulous, fabulous days. And, 
you know, I can remember being outside the newsagent and, and the football pink arriving on a Saturday. And, you know, the, the manager's come come out of the van and he'd, he'd just drop this bundle of 200 football pinks, you know, tied up with string and he'd drop it on the pavement outside and then drive off. And, you know, there'd be a queue of 20, 30 people there. <laughs> Seriously, 20, 20 odd people there. And somebody would take it in. And of course, that was that was worth doing because if he took it in, he got yourself to the front of the queue. And the news agent would cut it and he'd just, you know, because you wanted to find out the scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got the football pink out on the streets of Manchester for five o'clock. And I think, how did they do that? You know, the game finished at 20 to 5 at Old Trafford. You got, you got to Piccadilly and the paper was out on the streets. It, it's phenomenal. Great, great days. No mobile phones, no internet. That's how you found out the score. That's how you found out. You know, you, you read the football pink. And uh, if I can find some of the old football pinks in anyone's loft, and this is a call to anyone who has old copies and wants to get rid of them because your partner has said we need the space, it's me or the football pinks. Uh, one thing I would love to do with this football library is to plaster the walls of the library with results tables and football pinks. The uh, yeah. sports writer Tony Incenzo actually keeps the results of all the games that he's watched in a book. Yeah. And it's just the connection between uh, the fan and the game. I'm particularly interested in the link between the fan and the footballer, which we're now seeing in what I call the postmodern era. But the yeah. one thing that Manchester United has to remember is that it should serve the people of Mancunia, first of all. Absolutely. It is a club based in Manchester. Yes, it's a wonderful stadium, and um, Ed Friedman's work making it a PLC, and Ed Woodward, for all his faults, very good at business. But this is the yeah. local football club. They just happen to have a turnover of a billion pounds. Absolutely. I mean, I, I interviewed uh, Cliff Butler, the Manchester United historian, uh, in the book. And, and he, 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 he says in the book, I don't describe myself as English. I describe myself as a Mancunian. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel the same way. You know, I, I, I would say I describe myself as, as Mancunian Irish. I, I love that story. There's a story I, I read this, this week about uh, a man who asked people from Leeds, you know, which, is, which is the second city in the UK? And people from Leeds said Leeds. And then he asked people from Newcastle, which is the second city in the UK? And, the, and they said uh, Newcastle. And he asked people from uh, Bristol, which is the second city in the UK? And they said Bristol. And then he asked Mancunians, which is the second city in the UK? And they replied London. London, brilliant. And I, I think that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it all for Manchester. It's, it's a big... Go ahead, ambitious city. It's growing all the time. It's going forward. And it's great. I love it. I love Manchester. I love, I, I love the people. I love everything about Manchester. It's, 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 it's a great, great city. And, and the football is it's just a huge part of that. Well, you were at Man Met. Man Met uses, and I, I know this because I looked at going to Man Met to do some writing, but in the end I chose against it. They use the fact that there are two great football clubs there and Oldham yeah, yeah. Uh, to yeah, attract yeah. students. Uh, absolutely, and, and and I think it does. I mean, I think I think you know, it's a, uh, the, the football is, is a massive pull for for students coming to Manchester, and the music. You know, again, my my book goes goes into the into the music of the sixties and the the Hollies and and uh, uh, all the great bands of the sixties, Herman's Hermits and Freddie and the Dreamers and so forth. Manchester's a lovely size. Manchester's a, a big enough to sort of get yourself lost in and you feel as if you're in a city and you're somewhere different. But it's small enough. After a while, you get to know where everywhere is yeah. and, and, it, and it, it, it's a village as well. And I think it's just such a lovely a lovely size, Manchester. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I, I love the way it's developed. I just love the way it's gone because in the 60s, it, it, 
you know, it had all these old fantastic buildings going back to Cottonopolis and uh, the Industrial Revolution. Uh, the buildings were always, always there. But now, you know, they've been cleaned up and, and new buildings added. Yeah, the, the football's still incredibly strong and the music scene is always incredibly strong. And I just think it's, it, it's a fantastic city, a, a lovely city. Uh, the book is Growing Up with the Trinity. I have one final question because you sent me a Word document and it comes in at 80,000 words. A, how did you manage to condense it to 80,000? Uh, yeah. And B, what advice would you give me? Because I'm trying to distill 70 years of FA Cup, FA Youth Cup football into about 80,000 words. That's always difficult, isn't it? I, I think I estimate as 75,000, then I approached pitch and, and went up to 80. Yeah, plus or minus uh, pitch, 10%. Yeah, pitch were fantastic throughout. I think you've got to keep editing, I think. And, uh, you know, I think less is more sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it isn't always a thing to do to extend it. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, there, there are bits in mind where I think, yeah, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done that. But, but I, you know, I'm a first-time book author, so I, so I guess everybody... Uh, says that and uh, you know you'd, you'd maybe always change things but uh, if I've captured a little of, of the of, of the sort of the the nostalgia of that period and the what it was like to watch those players and, and to, to be in Manchester at that time and, and the music scene uh, and the development of the city at that time the cult, the culture then I, I'm, I'm very pleased if, I, if I've captured a little bit of that Uh because it was, it was a fantastic, fantastic time uh, to be alive in Manchester. Uh, phenomenal. Well, let us hope 2022 brings a fun time to be a red in Manchester. No one can predict anything, but Bruno Fernandes is going to score loads of penalties. Jadon Sancho is going to be written about as one of the greatest signings in United's history. Paul Pogba might go at the end of the season, but this is definitely the club in Alex Ferguson's image. And you know, who was the last man to score against an Alex Ferguson Manchester United side? Well, that was, that was that uh, high-scoring game, wasn't it? The last, the last uh, his last game, was it West Brom or was it Newcastle United? It was West Brom, yeah, uh, you're seeing strips. It was West, West Brom. Brom, yeah. And it was a guy wow. who completed his hat-trick for West Brom. Wow. Now, if you'd asked me something about 1966, I'd probably have been more accurate with that. I only I ask you because the, the headlines in the newspaper this morning bring Romelu Lukaku, who was on loan to West Brom ah, from Chelsea, yeah, yeah, yeah. back yeah, yeah, yeah. to English football. That's full circle, isn't it? Quite right. right. Uh, and Fergie, yeah. thank God, still with us. Um, yeah. And one of my favourite managers. All of his books, by the way, The Seasons Diaries, the Hugh McIlvanny memoir, the Paul Hayward memoir, the Michael Moritz business book. They're all there. Have you met Mr. Ferguson, Sir Alec? I, I, I know. I've only sort of uh, walked past him and nodded hello in uh, in Carrington. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I, I was always struck when he when he sort of walked past and he, you know, he he, he, he always said hello. To, you know, he walked past the, the sort of ladies in, in the in the dining room and uh, the, the people working behind the counter there, and he, he, he seemed to say hello to everyone and smile, and uh, he just sensed that he was. Uh, he was the man in charge, but but he just had a, a nice way with him, with, with everybody. Colossal figure, and uh, we've been very fortunate, haven't we, with people like Sir Alex Ferguson and, and, and Busby. Ter- terrific, terrific managers, and, and, and let's hope Oli uh, goes on to emulate that success. No reason why he can't at all, I think. 
talking of Alex Ferguson, here is some audio from the Stretford end at Alex Ferguson's last home game in 2013, back when United had domestic glory, glory. Brendan Maguire's book, Growing Up with the Trinity, out on pitch. You can find it on Amazon for uh, £9.99. It's in print at... Uh, it'll be 16 99 I think. <laughs> 